which I'd encourage parents to do. Don't let your kids win. Like teach them how to lose. And like if they lose over and over and over and over again to you, well, all they're probably just going to work harder and harder and harder. And I think it's a really great example. Like Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. What's up, guys? This is Scott again with Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast today. I have with me Trevor Whitwer. Trevor is a father of two youngins. He is a business owner, a real estate investor, and a software company founder. Uh, he's just actually just a really cool guy. I've gotten to know him over the last few months and can't wait to have this conversation. But first, you know, I want to talk about the big event coming up. That's in September 2022. It's happening in Montana in the Kalispell area. It's actually at Lakeside. We have a house right on Lake. Um, but this event is going to be rad. And I don't even know a better way to say this. I, and I want you to, to listen and see if this fits you. If you're a man who craves adventure, wants challenge, understands that there's growth in challenge, and wants to be around other men who will uh, be along with you on that journey, this is an event for you. I created this with my friend Josh and Alex Jowdy because we all crave that. We all crave having a tribe to hang out with. We all crave uh, being around other men who will force us to do harder things or encourage us or or inspire us to do harder things. So we created this. It's in Montana. It's just three days, September 8th through the 11th. We're going to be doing some um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We have an awesome seminar by multiple black belts with an amazing organization up there. So beginner to advanced doesn't matter. You're going to get something. We're going to be doing some tactical firearms training and shooting and competition, which is going to be rad. We're going to be doing some um, and some amazing rucking with a guy named Jason Piccolo, who he's on court TV. He's on like he he's uh, he's he's done a lot. He's actually going to speaking be speaking and Rob Wolf's going to come talk to us about business and all things raising kids and having a business. This is going to be an incredible event. A lot of bonding, fun times, big bonfires. Um, and uh, we'll culminate with a 9-11 ruck. And uh, so it's pretty cool. We have some amazing sponsors. I know I'm going to forget some. Um, Lone Coffee just signed on. Lone Coffee's been sending me coffee for a long time. They are rad. They, they take some of their money and they give it to world organizations to help um, impoverished kids get involved in mountain biking, which is something I love. And uh, we have, oh my gosh, just so much. Uh, Go Ruck is helping us out. Sog Knives is helping us out. Uh, we get, we're getting a bunch of Black Rock, uh, rifle, Black Rifle uh, coffee. I'm sorry, I can't even say it all. There's just so much going on. So check it out, brotherhoodfatherhood.com. Uh, more on that page coming soon, but you'll want to get on that list. Woo, mouthful. Welcome to the show, Trevor. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I should have a list. Uh, it's pretty hard to talk about an event with sponsors when I'm getting new ones every week. <laughs> it's like, wow, I just named off two. We're going to be caffeinated. Lot, lots of caffeine at this trip. So it's going to be fun. How's, I your, like it. I how's like your week it. going? Man, it's going well. Yeah, it's going well. It's springtime in Minnesota. So this is a, a great time of year. 
What's the weather like there in the spring? I know it's cold in the winter. It's nice. Like the beauty of Minnesota is we get all we get all four seasons. Mm. Um, some of them are shorter and longer than others, but and uh, we kind of get a nice spring where it's like 60s, 70s, and we're in it for a little bit now. But I mean, I think we're going to be hitting 90s by Memorial Day, so we'll be full on summertime. Is it humid in the summer? Yeah, it's pretty humid. It's hot. Yeah, hot and humid. I mean, it's lake country, so people. Yep. I mean, they kind of do the lake thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. No mountains, unfortunately, but yeah, I, just have, to tra- rad. I have to travel for that. So, <laughs> well, I live in Texas, so I kind of with you. I mean, when people call a mountain here, I live in a town called Flower Mound and there's literally a mound and like, right. it's all like fenced off and this big deal. And it's the highest point in the city and it's got to be like 50 feet up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Um, well, we, we had fun connecting on my other podcast and we've talked some business thing because of your, your software, um, your software company, which is awesome. It provides solutions for gym owners, uh, and coaches alike. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so, uh, we were just talking and, and getting to know you. I'm like, you got to come on the show. And one thing that's really kind of a big deal is like, for me, I have teenagers now. I just have mm-hmm. like, right now I have my, I have two boys, my oldest just graduated Um, high school, his last day was yesterday and he's going into, he's got his graduation on Memorial day. And then, you know, he's stepping into quote unquote manhood. And then my, uh, my, my youngest is just graduating middle school and going to high school next year. So uh, I love talking to guys who have, uh, who are a little earlier in the game and you're pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got a head start on me. So like we have a, yeah. So we have a five-year-old who will be six in uh, October and he's gonna be headed to kindergarten, and then we have a three-year-old as well. And so, two boys, a um, lot of energy, super, super high energy. Especially our oldest is like uber energy all the time. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna be a he's an, he's gonna be an interesting kid um, to try and try and try and wrangle. Yeah, yeah, but it's so exciting having uh, kids with just full energy in life. I mean, you know, I struggle because I taught. I taught in the middle schools um, and elementary schools for 13 years. Okay. And, um, and it's really interesting how kids come in and those ones that are full, like really full of energy, you know, they're, they're spitball, they're just moving and their, their brain is working and they're active. And um, what I saw and what I'm, what I hate seeing is a lot of times because you have to get so much done in a day, you have to bridle that and push Mm -hmm. it into like a, a direction that maybe not, fitting with them. Is that something you worry about? Or are you going to homeschool or what have you been? No, no, he's going, <laughs> I'm not the homeschool type. I would not, <laughs> that would not be a happy life for me or my wife. Uh, daycare is, is a blessing for us. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of something we think about is, um, I mean, he's just a kid that needs to move. Like he is physical and, um, the nice thing is he goes to a, a private school in town and the class sizes are a little bit smaller. And so um, he's just going to need like fidget things. Like oh, he'll yeah. need like, you know, that thing under your desk to swing his foot or whatever. And, and the teachers are all really good about trying to accommodate for kids. Um, and honestly, I think desks are probably one of the like worst inventions for kids anyways. <laughs> like it yeah. just, it just doesn't make sense once we, when we sit kids in a desk and, and their body basically just starts deteriorating. Um, because they're sitting around all day for six hours a day, but that's a that's probably for <laughs> another podcast. Oh my gosh, we could go um, on and on about that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so so things I'm like, so we're in this stage right now of like 
our kids are going to be okay. Like we live in a we live in a nice neighborhood. We have plenty of everything. Like they're not going to really have a whole lot of a whole lot of like challenges per se, barring any weird things that that could happen. Obviously, but from like a, a financial standpoint, like they're going to be okay. From a family standpoint, they're going to be okay. Grandparents are close. Like they have just like it, they they're going to have a nice life. And so, I mean, one thing we know about people is we are we adapt right we adapt and challenges are what actually help us to really grow yeah. and so something i think about with these kids is like how do we in a way create almost like artificial challenges or we create adversity in their lives to help them kind of grow as individuals because from a life standpoint like they're not going to they're not going to get it from the day-to-day stuff outside of like, I mean, sports are going to be a big thing. Like I was a kind of a sports fanatic, you know, played basketball for 25 years. And, um, and so they'll get it through sports, but like you kind of only get so much. And it, it, to me, it feels like the people that have had a fair amount of adversity in their life or people that turn out, they turn out pretty good because they've had to really figure it out. So I don't have the answer to it. Um, I, I heard a story about one guy, and I don't know if it's true or not, but he was like drop his kids off like in the forest and basically make them find their way home, kind of stuff. And I'm like, I like I, maybe, like I don't know, but I don't know. Do you have any experience with oh, man. kind of it's- creating? Hey guys, this is Scott. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. But I did want to interrupt for just a second because I am super passionate about a new tool that I've found and been using for the last month or so. And if you're like me, the thought of writing copy puts me into cold sweats. But we all know that writing blogs, social media posts, web copy, ads, and more are part of life and can make a considerable impact on moving the needle to success in your business or job. We all know how difficult it can be to wrangle ideas, action words, and details, not to mention time constraints. Fear not. I have found a solution that allow will allow you to easily crank out stunning copy in minutes. It's Jarvis, guys. It's probably hit your social media feed and you think it's too good to be true, but it is not. Jarvis is the latest artificial intelligence technology that will help you create content at lightning speed with little effort on your part or hefty fees for writers. You fill in two easy steps and it'll lay out descriptive paragraphs, both short and long-form articles, bullet lists, social media posts, blog posts, ad copy, SEO copy, Google ad copy. It gets super detailed. There are tons of templates to choose from. It's totally up to you. It's two steps, and it blows me away every time I use it. In fact, it just keeps getting better and better. So if you're like me, the thought and thought it was too good to be true, trust me, this product kicks ass. I literally use it every single day for per- personal and professional use. Just go try it for free and use my link. Uh, and it's in the show notes. I'm not going to read it to you because it's crazy. But go into the show notes, click on the link, sign up for your free trial. You will never look back. And this is a great way to support this podcast. Super simple for you, for your business. Send it to your boss, send it to your friends. It will revolutionize workflow. The link is in the podcast notes. And if you want to support the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, this is a great way. Well, this is something I think about a lot. And I actually talk about it on the podcast 
relatively frequently. Mm-hmm. And one of my own life themes is, you know, I think, um, well, Rich Froning coined the term into the storm where, you know, you, you really want to f- turn towards adversity and really just take it head on. So it's something I'm incredibly passionate about. And last year I was kind of, um, I was thinking a lot about my, my boys and really how easy they had it and how out easy I had made it for them. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling because I was literally praying that they would have adversity in their life. But as a father, that's incredibly difficult. Right. I want my kids to have adversity because I know that that adversity is what will actually mold them into someone who can handle life and, and be successful on their own. And so I've struggled with this a lot. And I actually have some things I'm currently doing um, at the age that they're at. So mm-hmm. I can I can definitely talk about the things at the older age, but I didn't do a good job at this, in my opinion, at the age your kids are at. I was very absent because I was so busy building businesses and involved in that. That And that's really the the reason I started this was I, I don't want dads to get sucked into the wrong thing and, and lose track of you know, what they really should be doing, which is raising future adults. And so, um, man, there, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, layered onion to, to peel back. (laughs) There's, there's literally a week and a half ago, I had an outpouring of tears and breakdown over this ab, this exact conversation. Um, so my my son, I, I I was driving down the road and my neighbor just taught his boys how to mow the lawn and he's there weed eating. And, you know, in, in Texas and weeding, it's hot, it's gross. You get beat to crap, probably everywhere. Weeding's horrible. And I was like, man, I've had my kids mow the lawn, but I've always protected them from the weed eating. And I know this, I'm going somewhere with this. And I was like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Am I doing them any good? I'm like, no. Like, no, there's pain involved with it. It it sucks. You're going to get dinged up from rocks coming up and hit you, especially on my property. And so I uh, I came home and I'm like, hey, Bryson, my oldest, I know that you mow the lawn. You got to mow the lawn. And I've been protecting you from weed eating. And I know this sounds silly, but I'm going to have you start weed eating. It's time that you need to start stepping into this thing. And I've not done it for me because I thought you might get hurt. But I'm thinking now is the time. You're eight. You're turning 18. Like, it's way too late. And so he goes out to mow the lawn. He's grumpy. He doesn't want to do it. And I, I'm showing him the weed eater and he doesn't want to do it. And he does a really bad job and he's getting hit and he, it's hurting him. And he's just so frustrated. And I go out there and I cut and I show him one more, one more pass. And I come in and my wife's like, Hey, like, I'm like, this is really hard on me. And what it, what it turned out to Trevor is I'm so excited where you're at now because you're avoiding what I uh, or you're you're going to avoid what I did is I've protected my kids because I was so guilty about not being around when they were super young that I've tried to like protect them and be and and be in this this father who never really subjected them to hard things because I, I have guilt. So mm-hmm. I walk in, I'm like, Kim, this is really hard. And she goes, Scott, your son is amazing. He needs to learn hard things. You need to forgive yourself for not being there earlier on. No one else cares at this point. We all forgiven you. We all love you. You're, you have an amazing bond with your son. And I just like, 
like the waterworks went off. Mm-hmm. And so it's, this is this is a really hot topic for me. I'm sorry I'm kind of stealing the show here, but it's a no, really it's hot good. topic because it it brought back a lot of pain. But then I went back out again. I go, hey, son, I know this sucks and I know you don't want to do it. Every time I come out here, I don't want to do it too. But you're never going to get good at it and you're never going to be able to do it on your own in, in your own house and then teach your kids if I don't teach you. You did a bad job on weed eating because I didn't show you well enough. We need to do one more pass. And the third pass, he got it amazingly well. And I could tell when he came in, there was a sense of pride. It wasn't mm-hmm. just mowing the lawn and there's stuff sticking up everywhere this time. It was, he was mowing the lawn. Everything was clean and primed and looked really good. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and so I tell you all of that to say, yes, absolutely engage in making sure you're subjecting your kids, even if it's lawn mowing, right. you know, the, the harder things in life, don't protect them. It's doing them no favors whatsoever. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, we actually, we have kind of a saying in our house, um, is like, we do hard things. And so, um, we had like, there'll be times when Asher, our oldest, you know, did something he didn't want to do. And then he kind of says, I did a hard thing. And it's like, all right, good. We want to get comfortable with doing hard things. Um, but then he can be a pansy sometimes too. And he (laughs) needs to suck it up a little bit, but human nature. Um, right. So, I mean, so yeah, so I mean, that's something I think about is like, he's going to be involved in sports. And so you're going to get adversity from sports for sure. And I think that's one of the huge values from sports. Um, you know, the idea of just kind of working hard and putting in the work and reaping the rewards. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there that you really don't, you don't really realize it until you kind of later and you look back on it. Cause when you're there, I mean, you just, at least for me, it was just like, we want to win. And, um, yeah. we were fortunate to have good teams and we did a lot of it, which I think also helps with like a mindset of, going out and expecting to, to do well. Um, and so th- there's going to be that, but uh, I mean, I just kind of think about, are there other ways to, you know, uh, help with the, with the adversity thing? I think, I think it was Dan Martell that said this when his kids were really young, um, zipping their coats. So he'd have them zip their coats and he would just wait for them to zip their coats, even if it took five minutes um, and they would sit there and struggle and kind of get frustrated um, and have to fight through it. And so I would say that's probably one thing I try and do a little bit more of is just kind of let my kids get frustrated with stuff. Yes. I think as parents, we just want to we just want to jump in and solve the problem, especially as like if you're a business owner, um, like all you do all day is solve problems and put out mm-hmm. fires. And so that can bleed into your home life pretty quickly. Um, but we've realized that we're not actually doing them any justice by solving their problem because we've already figured it out. And so we need to allow them the space and time to, to, to do that as well. I think you hit a, a really good point there. It's, um, and I did this with my younger son. I ordered a, a tent, a roof tent, a rooftop tent. Um, my, my oldest son for his graduation, him and I are doing like a two and a half week road trip. Cool. And we put a rooftop tent on my truck on a bed a bed yeah. rack on the back and we're going to drive like 4,000 miles and he's going. And, and the whole idea was for him to learn to build fires, to learn how to set up camp, how to learn to take down, mm-hmm. to be moving to drive. He's, we're taking my standard trans, transmission truck. He's going to learn to drive that. We're going to, we're going to do hard things all the way, you know, maybe carry heavy rucks and do some things in really big mountains. Um, taking the guns. We're going to do all sorts of things, but I'm like, Hey, like, I'm going to have my younger son come put this thing together with me. And here where I've always struggled is I want it done fast. Cause I I'm like you, I'm a business mm-hmm. owner. I came in and I fix things and I move on. Right. 
Well, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to like lay all the pieces out. Cause it, it, there's, it's a heavy unit. It's like 125 pounds. You have to put these, these plates on, you have to lift it up. You have to install some hardware. And I'm like, hands off. Like, this is, this is how you do it. And just sitting there and watching it, no, it took four times longer for him to do it. But what a, what an incredible opportunity. There's so many of those opportunities every day, like zipping mm -hmm. up your jacket, tying your shoes. We, if we can refrain from doing those things for them, we're teaching them um, tenacity. We're teaching mm -hmm. them perseverance. And so uh, I think there's opportunities every single day. And, and I think I, what we have to do as fathers is just be super mindful of them and then slow down to speed up. It's one of the sayings I really love. Like it's going to take longer. It would, it took longer for my son and I to put that rooftop tent together. And when we were done, I'm like, we got to lift this onto the truck. He's like, I can't do it. I'm like, that's what do we say? What I tell them, what do we say instead? He's like, um, it's typically it's like, I, I, I could, I could be better at that. We don't say I can't do it. It's like, right. I, I need, I need some practice at that. And he's, I'm like, right, we got to try. And he's like, yeah. Okay. So um, anyway, we went through this process. It was really hard, but again, the sense of pride at the end and now knowing that he's better at threading um, and threading nuts on a bolt and tightening things and understanding sizing and, and reading instructions. And I think as fathers, we're always in a hurry. Mm -hmm. And this is where I talk about intentional action. We talk a lot about intentionality, but it really takes intentional action or inaction where you're intentional and you just slow down and let your kids push through and figure things out. I think at the young age, that's what you do. And you place them in opportunities to, to have some social interactions with kids that may not go super well. So if you're not into public schools, make sure your kids are involved in a lot of things going on because there's going to be a lot of adversity, especially in the middle school ages, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> manufactured and just opportunities are all around. And like, I mean, for us too, like there's a lot of time from 3 p.m. when school gets done to 9 p.m. at night that a lot of learning, maybe more re kind of real world learning can take place. And that's kind of what I look at as our, I mean, as a, as a, as a kind of business owner and doing a bunch of different things, I try to set at least some boundaries where, you know, five o'clock, like things are shutting down and we're kind of moving into the home life. I think that's, that's a big piece or I could be doing stuff all the time. So having some boundaries for myself, um, where hey, once once this hits, um, it's it's time to to get after with the kids a little bit. But um, here, so let's kind of switch gears here a little bit, and I just want to ask you this question, and just curious on what your thoughts are on it. Maybe it's come up before, maybe it hasn't. But will you leave your kids an inheritance? <laughs> I've thought about this. This is really interesting, um, and you're talking about from. I'm guessing you're in in the perspective of um, making it easy for them when they yeah like I mean will pass. there be a yeah I mean will there be a trust will there be will they get anything will you know I, I so I went back and forth on this and I'm and I'll kind of I'll let you kind of talk first and then I'll maybe chime in a little bit I think I think the big ticket here is not giving them everything they want and not being super um, you know overprotective through their young years and even their young married college years, letting them struggle, making them have, a, they have to earn their own way. Mm -hmm. They have to work hard. 
at that point, I'm okay leaving an inheritance. But mm-hmm. I, I've seen a lot of it where they're coddled, they're taken care of, they're taken care of, they're taken care of, and then they leave an inheritance. You're like, if they hadn't gotten that, would they even survive? And the answer usually is like, no, they would. They just wouldn't know what to do. So I think with the right setup, the right process, the right um, process, and making sure all the learning lessons are in in play, I would say yes. Personally, I've thought of this a lot. I would rather leave like a business that needs to be run or mm-hmm. they need to go figure out how to sell it if they want to you know move on with their life or something that involves some level of work or ownership instead of right. just like hey here's 500k cash for you or 3 million cash that you're going to get through the next 10 years i've had family members that have had that and it's a disaster mm-hmm. it's an absolute disaster i um i have a yeah yeah i, I don't want to get into specifics but a lot of trust money and it's been, they've had the hardest life. I mean, the most trouble, the, the worst marriages, the most troubled kids, they just don't, it's, it's really sad. What about you? Yeah. I mean, it's something I thought about. So there's a piece of me, like initially the piece of me is like, man, my kids aren't getting anything. They can earn their own way type thing. And then after I maybe slow down and think about it a little bit, um, I think there's, I think there's some value in certain aspects, you know, if it's education, helping with that. Cause you see some kids when they come out of school with a bunch of college debt, like that really sets you back. Like if you come out of school with 60 K in debt, like that really limits your possibilities. Um, if school is the right thing, like, I don't know if I'm going to, we'll see where the, we'll see how expensive a four-year education is by the time my kids get there. But at the rate it's going right now, it's just, just uh, the benefit you're getting from it maybe isn't worth, it maybe isn't worth what you're putting into it. Um, and so I kind of look at, you know, what are the things that, that are maybe better than I've also thought about like, even like a way for them to leverage something. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a, a trust or something that they don't actually have access to, but they can leverage it to go get a loan or something else. So there's, there's kind of a little bit of, a little bit of help, but not direct and they can't screw it up. And it, well, I mean, they could screw it up, but they can't just go blow it on whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have so many directions to go here because my son, is graduating. So I want to talk about that. I actually mm-hmm. want to talk about college, but I, and and career path and what you know these rite of passage things that we do. But I don't I I I feel like there's this long-lasting and standing norm that we should save up money, save up money, save up money, save up money to pass it away when we die. Mm-hmm. I am Hey, look, I'm not wasting money. I'm not throwing money away, but I am not saving it for saving everything for tomorrow by giving up today. So first of all, my first response to that is my wife and I are going to live. We're going to live amazing lives. Our kids are going to have great opportunities. One of our big goals is to be able to take them and their families on vacations. That's how we want to support them. Like we're going to take you all to Hawaii for a week. We'll take care of the, 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 you know, the flight and the place you take care of the rest that's the type of stuff we want to give. And if that means less for when we pass, I'm okay because I want them to have my whole goal is for them to have skill sets that they can provide for themselves. Right. So, uh, my son was going to go to college for, for music performance. He's a really great trombone player and he picked one school and then he got, he got into some other schools he didn't care about. (laughs) Um, and, uh, he picked one school with only five spots available. 
and it's very competitive. And he was number six. Um, and so we're like, we sat down with him, like, what, what are you going to do? Like, we're stressed out. I kind of hate college. I have a master's degree. I, you know, I've done the whole college thing. My wife has a PhD. Like we're, we're very educated, but we're like both not using it. I learned mm-hmm. a ton in school. And so we sat down with them and um, I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't want to go to college. Just go to college. I'm like, well, you can have some great uh, learning opportunities, but you're right. I mean, you, he's like, I have zero direction. And he says, dad, I always wanted to be a business owner. You're a business owner. I love how your life looks. I'm like, okay, how do you teach that? So we, we decided it. he's, he's doing a year internship with us, with me. Okay, cool. He's doing a year internship with me. And then he's also... Uh, wanting to travel to my friends who own businesses and and learn their things as well. If they have a brick and mortar or if they're doing something, we're, we'll say, okay, like in, in lieu of college for a year, we're going to, you, you got to pay some bills if you're going to live here, because that's not what we want, but right. you got to pay some bills and then you're going to work. He's literally going to be working. He's going to er, er, learn the ins and outs of my business and um, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood as well. He's going to be very integral in all of that. He's going to learn um, content production, content creation, video editing, which he's super passionate about. And so um, my big thing is like college isn't right, Trevor, for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not right. It's it's um, around and we're getting a lot of pushback from from people like, well, when is he going to college? I don't know if he feels like he needs to. We're totally cool with it. Well, that right. does, he's not going to succeed. I'm like, um. If he really embraces this and learns from everybody I surround myself with, there's a good chance he's going to be about five years ahead of any of your kids on earnings. Right. So, um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but you just kind of struck a chord with really what's going on in the li- in our lives. But I would love to pass on a business or or something they had to work for. Like mm-hmm. one of the things I want to do is own storage units. I, I'm just starting to look into it. Like you know, store like that's just it's a great business. It's something my parents wanted to do and never did. And it's, it's kind of like this torch I want to carry on. And I'm like, well, you know, if I have five storage businesses across the Southern States and they're very successful and they're paid for and, you know, then fine, I'll pass those on. That's fine. Those are the types of things that I think about, but I don't think about giving away $5 million to them mm-hmm. when I pass. Why don't you say storage units in uh we have a gym in a, in a city about 25 miles away and it's a pretty big building. Uh, it's about 9,000 square feet and we don't need that much for the gym. And we're actually going to put probably 35, I think 38 units in it, um, and half the building. And then the gym is in the rest. So yeah, it's wonderful. Interesting model. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's always this kind of just like, that's what you do. Right. And that's kind of, I think the era that we grew up is like what you do after high school is you just go to college. And so, um, we've started to see a revival of the of the two-year kind of technical yep. school industry, which is which is awesome to see, um, because we just need those trade type uh, professions, and a four-year isn't right for everybody. And you know, and I've even debated whether like there's a lot of countries that do the gap year, yep. where it's like, all right, you spend a year cause when you're 18, like you don't have any idea what you want to do. No. Like, most kids don't. Some kids do, but most don't. And so like having that year to figure it out and not just like sit around on the couch and hang out with your friends. It's like, do something like you're doing with your son where it's, it's productive, it's planned. It's, you know, there's going to be a learning experience. And at the, at the end of the day, you're at least going to know what you don't want to do. And which I think is also valuable. Um, And then if, if, if a university education makes sense, 
awesome. Like go for it. Um, but it's, it's, it's gotta make sense. Um, and I just don't think it makes sense for a lot of kids, especially at where potential price points get to. Oh my and gosh. So, like, it's like, all right, for, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, like, all right, what's the return? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's between 20 and 50,000 a year now for most just regular colleges. It's crazy. Yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. The school that I went to was almost doubled since mm-hmm. since I was there, and I'm what fifteen years out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but like for me, my, a lot of my motivations were driven by by athletics, by sports, and so I wanted to keep playing. And so that's kind of like what you do in the United States is you go to school and keep playing. I, um, yeah, and I want to talk about sports, so keep going. But I want to come back. <laughs> hey, dads, I am so grateful that you've made it this far. If you are ready to pull the trigger, book a call with this link right below. If you're still with me, I want to introduce you to Angelo Sisso, our fatherhood mastery coach. Angelo has 10 years of experience coaching men, and we are really excited for him to bring the fatherhood mastery program to the brotherhood. He has developed a four-week intensive program that is going to teach you the foundational elements of mastering fatherhood. Angelo is here to tell you a little bit more about the program. Thank you, Scott. So our four-week fatherhood mastery program really begins with thinking about everything from the foundations, from the ground up. First, we're going to talk about physical mastery, then mental mastery, emotional mastery, and spiritual mastery. And we're going to focus on giving you guys the tools and practices to be your best self, best father, and best husband. Thanks, Angelo. Hey, guys, be the father that your family deserves. Click apply here below. And let's get this thing started. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just kind of what it is. So I, there's, I don't think there's really a, a, a right answer. It's, I think we're getting better as a society and being like, okay with kids, maybe not going to college, but it's gotta be like, let's do something with that time. And yeah, I like sure. what you guys are doing as far as like a structured, Hey, you're going to go hang out with this business owner for, you know, a month or whatever. And then you're going to do some interning stuff here. And, you know, maybe you're going to take a course on Udemy and that kind of stuff and get better at and kind of follow your passions. Um, and if video and video editing and production and all that, like you, like there's a lot of really good YouTube videos and courses that you can get for a fraction of the price. And then if you have a way to actually apply it, like you're doing an internship or something like that. I mean, that's where real learning occurs. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I want to talk about sports. Yeah. You, t- you talked about your boys doing sports and my wife is very competitive, very, you know, played in college. Uh, volleyball was still has the plaques and the, re- the records at the high school for basketball. I mean, she's just like, and she's very athletic now. Neither of my boys are carrying on with sports after middle school. And um, so the way that we kind of looked at sports is you're going to do them mm-hmm. like, you're doing football, you're doing basketball, you're doing track, you're doing like you're going to do them. And that was one of the ways that we manufactured it, even if they didn't want to. Like this is how we manufacture adversity. This is how we manufacture hard things because and then you also teach them about commitment. So you enroll in something and we got this basketball season. Well, I'm the worst on the team. All right, but you made a commitment by enrolling. And so you're going to be the best person at being the worst on a team. You're going to go out mm-hmm. there and have best attitude. There's always, and I'm not saying they were, but there's always a right. learning opportunity. So we're learning, we're teaching them um, commitment and we're teaching them follow through. And then we're teaching them how to 
to go through those those uh, games where you sat on the bench the whole time or where you sit through practice and kids are making fun of you or you're small in football and it kind of just sucks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know how most people feel about that, but that that's a, a beautiful birthing ground for adversity. And then by the time my kids hit high school, they both were like, I want to do band and uh, marching band in Texas is ridiculous. I mean, it, it makes football, um, daily doubles look like nothing. My son literally leaves. This is my oldest. who just, he would literally leave at 7am for their summer camps. And they're, they're like long, leave at 7am, come home at five, be back at six and, and be home at 11pm. And they're out in the sun in the Texas heat in the summer. All, all, I mean, it's insanity. And so he actually chose something that was ridiculously hard. He got into the leadership of it, which was very, very stringent. And uh, so like sports were great. They were our vision, but then they, they, my boys got their own vision of what Mm -hmm. was hard. And for us, it's always like, we're not going to necessarily tell you what you have to do, but you have to be involved in something that challenges you. Mm -hmm. So something I wish I would have done with my kids, maybe jujitsu. Like mm-hmm. I, a lot of people put their kids in jujitsu just because it's so incredibly difficult and never that learning curve never learns or never ends rather. Mm-hmm. So there, well, those are the things we've done. So, I mean, there's, there's some value to just like physical activity too, right? Like sports are great. Um, but like a big part of sports is just like activity and like being out, mm-hmm. like we live in a world where like kids just by the nature of their environment aren't driven to be really active. You know, most of the stuff is technology driven. And so whether it's computers, games, iPads, that kind of stuff, which um, can be fine. um, But like anything too much of anything becomes an issue. And so, and when you're doing something, you're giving something else up. And so I think kids, if they're not involved in something can have a tendency to become really inactive. Um, And so just from a, general movement health standpoint like sports can kind of serve that purpose um as well and at that point then like who who really cares if you're the best or what on the team but i I mean all the points that you already gave i think are 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 critical in the sport process but then like allowing them at some point to make their own decisions like when you're a foreign like our, our philosophy with our kids is we're actually going to try and put them in as like many different sports as possible yeah, early on. Sure. Cause you never really know what a kid's going to gravitate to. And if a kid wants to be elite at something, like we can worry about that once they, you know, are 15, 16, 17, and, and can now start to really look at things, but um, just to build a well-rounded type athlete. Um, so, but I mean, just to give some context to my wife and I were both collegiate basketball players um, she's like five eleven. I'm six six, and so like our kids aren't are probably going to have some athletic ability. Like they're already showing it now, mm-hmm. and so they're going to have some natural gifts from an athletic standpoint. Um, and much of athletics, especially high level, elite level athletics, they're like the genetic component is it's huge. It's not like you just you're not going to be an NBA basketball player if you're five six. Like right. that's just like that's just stats. And I've got a buddy that works for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. He's a scout there. And they've got numbers on every single position. To give you an example, I think it's an offensive lineman. If an offensive lineman doesn't have a specific arm length, they automatically get cut 
from <laughs> the scalp board. Mm-hmm. So they have to have a specific arm. Then they have this for every position. They have certain physical attributes that that position must have in order for them to kind of make the grade and move up or move to the next round of scouting. Um, because it's just like, if they don't have this long of an arm, the, a defensive end is going to be able to manhandle them because they're not going to be able to hold that person at length. Um, and then they have it for everything. They have it for like cornerbacks and receivers. And they, I think he said, there's like three things they evaluate people on like physical attributes is one of them. Um, and I don't remember what the other two are, but he says in order for physical attributes to, to be a non-issue, is if they have to be absolutely elite, like the 1% of the 1% in other skills, like as a receiver, maybe they're short, but their route running is, you know, the best in the country, they might move to the next round. But if their 40 isn't fast enough, if their height, if they're vertical, if those things, if you don't hit those numbers, like you're out. And so it's like looking at a kid too, if they want to be elite at something, giving them exposure to as many things as possible because who knows, maybe there'll be a really good lacrosse player because of X, Y, and Z. We have no idea. Um, and especially when they're young too. Like I have a buddy, my workout buddy, uh, his kids are just starting to get into sports and I'm not looking forward to the politics of youth sports. Like some of the stuff he's telling me now, like there's oh, like third graders playing baseball stupid. and like the parents are having meetings about like, this is, this is, this is ridiculous. And um, I don't have time for this. Um, but it's looking at like this kind of wide range of sports so that maybe they're good at this or maybe they're good at that. And ultimately you're developing athletic prowess, like you're just athletic skills. And then once you start getting into the seventh and eighth grades and really starting to look at, all right, what am I good at? What do I enjoy? And if I even enjoy sports anymore. Um, but for my kids, it's like, if you don't want to play sports, cool, but you got to find something active to do. Like there will be involvement in some sort of movement practice. Um, because I think just a movement practice of sorts is like paramount to just a healthy life in general. A few things I want to say to that, because I, I'm 100% in agreement. One, expose them to all sorts of opportunities. I have a friend, um, they're, they're a couple and they have a, their son and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so painful to watch him in sports. He's so uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. He loves football, but he's so uncoordinated. Well, one day he was practicing and they put him in long snapper position within long snapper doesn't play a lot. Like mm-hmm. it's not, a, it, but within the year it, they, he has this uncanny, ridiculous skill at long snapping. He's second in the nation and he's traveling all over the world for football camps under invite. Right. So you have to expose your kids now. Like, it, will he become in, go into the NFL? I don't know. We've got all those other things he's got to fight. Right. But, but he's still, he's lo- he loved football and they found, they found a way because they just kept exploring. And, and I think when you expose your kids to lots of different sports, it's really weird. I think if I would have grown up in Northern, um, the Northern States, the high Northern States or Canada, I would have probably done really well at ice hockey. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wider built. I'm stocky. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of like a bull and I can move <laughs> on ice skates and roller blades. Like it's like second nature. It's almost easier than walking. That's mm-hmm. how I literally feel, but I never got exposure to that. Right. And so there's all these little um, things that I, you know, I think of, man, what ifs. And so exposing them to a ton of things is incredibly important. I think another thing that I think is incredibly important, I think you would agree with me is modeling. Modeling is so important. Like 
I work out every single day. I go mm -hmm. rock on the weekends. I go on long walks every single morning and I make sure my kids know about it. And my wife works out like she's crazy. Um, and, and I think being an active family, we, we took our kids on hikes and we didn't carry them. They walked themselves and we mm -hmm. would do long miles and build over and over and over again. These are the types of things that build that character and put them in hard, hard places as well. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, like, for example, last night, I had a late night of working and I still hadn't gotten a workout in. And so I got home and Asher wanted to do something. I'm like, hey, man, I, I go get this workout in quick and then and then we'll get back and we'll do what you want to do. And so, yeah, I think the modeling is huge. Um, so like for me, what's what's really been a joy for me is um, so like I said earlier, I played basketball kind of at all levels um, and end up playing professionally in Europe. And so basketball has been like a major part of my life for a significant portion of it. And now Asher's at an age where, so I still play in leagues and that kind of stuff where he's finally gotten to an age where he's going to come and he's going to watch, he watches games and then was like shoot on the side while, while we're playing and, and starting to get involved in it. And so for me as like a, a dad, that's a really cool moment to mm -hmm. be able to like kind of share that with him and kind of, I mean, obviously I'm biased. So I'm going to kind of, he's going to play a lot of basketball. We've got hoops in our yard. We're going to shoot a lot. And so like, he's probably going to enjoy basketball if he doesn't. Not a big deal, but we're gonna we're definitely gonna push it um, on him because I think he he could he could be a good basketball player as well. I'm not gonna let him beat me. Like I'm good. That's that's, that's why I train for yeah. for these for it's why I lift weights and still do all this stuff because I want to like I don't want my kids to be able to beat me until they're out of high school. We'll see if they develop athletically or physically enough to do it. But like that's my that's like one of my training goals is like good. I don't want to let my kids beat me at sports. Um, because sports has been a big part of my life and, um, and I just, you know, just part of kind of our dynamic. So, but, so that was, I mean, ultimately that was just really fun, fun for me. And I, I I'm going to probably keep playing basketball for as long, as long as I can. Um, and so having him now kind of be part of that and do that and can come to games and watch. And it's just kind of a, a fun moment as a, as a, as a parent. But you're doing it right. And, and and I mean this to be convicting to to fathers out here who are involved in basketball leagues, who are going to the gym, who are taking care of themselves. You're, I'm, the conviction is if your kids aren't involved in that, whether they're going or you're talking to them, like you said to your son, I'm going to work out and then we'll do the thing. You start to display this. If you're not talking through it and exposing them to that, it's all selfish it is really your duty to show them that you're you're doing hard work you're going out there you're sweating you're pushing you're you're spending the time it takes and uh, i think a lot of men just get like this is my time i'm going to go roll jujitsu well take your son and daughter let them mm -hmm. sit on the sidelines and maybe they'll fall in love with it and watch them watch them let you go through pain and and suffering and then the other thing i love that you said which i'd encourage parents to do don't let your kids win like Teach them how to lose. And like if they lose over and over and over and over again to you, well, all they're probably just going to work harder and harder and harder. And I think it's a really great example. Like, um, you know, my kids got ex got into skateboarding. I'm like, pulled out the skateboard. I'm like, okay, you can ollie that high. I can ollie higher. Okay, you could do that on the half pipe. Let me show you how I, what I can do. And I was like, um, I'll, I, I would push. And what I saw by be always one upping them, and it's not out of pride. It's out of like, 
here's what you can do. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to grow. And also there's that I can help you. I have this experience. That's a lot of it. Like I have experience. I can do this. I can help you. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, probably not yet, but there's a point where your kids don't think you're good at anything and you have to prove them wrong. <laughs> right. And so by, by saying you're going to beat them until they're at least out of high school, I think that's a very uh, valiant and that's, um, that, noble. That's, uh, yeah. It's my um, reason to keep showing up and lifting weights. So, <laughs> um, I mean, some other things that we do with our kids too, is like, we'll just like, you know, give me 10 pushups before we do that. Or mm-hmm. we try and just kind of build activity into into their just into their lives um you know we have balloons around the house like balloons are like the cheapest best kid entertainment so good like the value you get from a five cent balloon blow it up and then try and keep it off the ground like it's awesome um and then we just have stuff like around our yard we've got the trampoline we've got things hanging from trees we've got ways that you can just for for me environment is probably the most important like driver in really any aspect uh, of my life. And so we try and set up an environment that makes being active easy, where there's just like always stuff to do. We've got balls, we've got um, stomp rockets, we've got trampolines, we've got things hanging from trees, we've got ropes and like you're just out and you just start doing things. It just makes it really easy to be active without having to think about it. But they might get hurt, Trevor. How (laughs) dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's another thing. Like my kids, you know, want to jump on their bikes when they were younger. I'm like, okay, let me show you how to build a little bigger jump. And they're going to wreck. They're going to have pain and suffering. Like, but I mean, how do you learn your limits? Yeah. yeah. So I look at it like, all right, will said activity have a high likelihood of resulting in death? Okay. We're probably going to think about it a little bit more well said activity results in like life altering injury. Like we might think about it a little bit more, but like outside of those two, man, if you're going to fall off your bike and get scraped up, like that's just, that's part of being a kid, which is really interesting because my wife and I are kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum where she's very much. So here's, here's, here's a good story for you that just happened the other day. So we just got one of these little, like, I don't know, power wheels, things like Mm -hmm. our friends just gave us this thing, a battery in it and the kids sit in and they drive around in it. So we live on this like kind of a loop. So you come in, you go around the loop and you go out. So there's the same entrance and exit. So we don't have very much traffic at all. It's, it's awesome where we live. And so the kids were up and they were going around the loop and uh, some of our neighbors were doing some construction. So they had this like big dirt pile and I'm sitting there, I get a text from my wife and she, she has a picture of the kids. Asher had like driven this thing up the dirt pile and they were both out. Like they didn't see my wife taking video and pictures of them. They were like trying to get this hot wheel power wheels off the dirt pile and moving it around. And they were like on the other side of the loop. So I had no idea where they were anymore. And then my wife sends me a picture. She says, don't we have rules around this house? And I'm just like, you know, like they know, like they know they're not supposed to go past that. And for me, I'm very much of the like ask for forgiveness later type. And like, hey, if they do something where we don't like what they did, we'll talk about it afterwards rather mm-hmm. than like having all of these rules in place where they have to follow this, they have to follow that. Like, I want them to develop a sense of like, oh, that's a good idea or that's a bad idea. And um, yeah, we're going to try and keep them from catastrophic disaster, but most everything else can be like, eh, what did we learn from that? Was doing that a good decision or not? And 
and learn that way versus now this is the rules we set and you need to follow them no matter what, whether you think it's a good idea or not. So that's a a tightrope balance with my wife as well. It's like, well, you know, it's I like, just let them go. Hey, by the way, when I was growing up, I lived way out on property. I would disappear and I would not come back for like seven hours. Mm -hmm. I have my PB gun and backpack and some food and like I survived and I learned a lot. And I think that it's really hard to, as a father, knowing that adventure and going out and trying new things and learning from those mistakes is invaluable. And then we have our wives who are a lot more protective. I'm speaking in generalities. It might be flipped in some families, right? but um, it, it's a, <laughs> that's a tough road to walk down. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 we've gone through a lot with that. And it, I mean, it's a balance, right? And so I'm probably like too far on one end of the spectrum right. and then like she's over here. And so usually we kind of meet in the middle and we find a good balance. And I think you got to, I mean, understanding your kids too and their personalities um, and what they may need. Some kids need a little bit, you know, a little tighter boundaries. Some kids you can give a little bit more slack to, but just kind of understanding your kids and adapting a little bit to, to them and um, allowing them to, I mean, ultimately it's kind of allowing them to make mistakes and allowing them to fail, um, which can be hard because we want our kids to, you know, be happy and right. be awesome all the time. But unfortunately them being happy and being awesome all the time is not a really good strategy for them developing as human beings. And so as organisms, we respond to stressors. And so we, we need those in our life in order to, in order to become productive members of society. And like, I mean, that's ultimately what we're doing is we want our kids to grow up and be in the community and be productive and be helpful and ultimately be good human beings. And, you know, you have to, you have to allow them to, to fall a few times and get some scrapes and bruises in order for that to happen. So. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's such an important point. I think, um, man, I, I mean, you came in asking me questions and I'm sitting here going, I think you've got the right formula, you know, the right formula. The one thing I would, I was wondering about you because you do have a successful software company. You have a brick and mortar business. You invest in real estate was like, how are you doing with spending your time with your kids? But you mentioned it very early. I come home, I kind of turn it off. There's some days that go longer. It's the same for me. Turn it off. And then I have to switch my attention, right? Mm -hmm. Turn that off and move into the family man, the dad, the husband, the friend, um, and so I think those are the important boundaries. And like, and for me too, like being a business owner and being kind of entrepreneurial and involved in things like you, I have to kind of understand my own tendencies. Mm-hmm. And what I've done is I try and involve them in a lot of stuff. Like, Hey, if we're going to look at a property, like you're coming with and, or, Hey, we got to go fix some stuff in the gym in another city. All right. You're coming with, and we try and involve them in those things. Cause I don't think there needs to be this like direct separation between, all right, here is when I'm working and here is when I'm with my family. Like there's, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, there has to be a lot of blend because there are times where like, five o'clock hits and like, I just can't like, there's fires that are going on or there's something that needs to be done. And I think the more you can involve your kids in that, they just start to, they can see that and they can see the inner workings of it. Um, and I mean, it's just a different form of bonding. Like it, you know, like we don't need to be playing all the time. And so I think involving them, that's, so for me personally, that's kind of how I try to manage a lot of it as well as just involve them as much as possible. 
And like, they're getting older. Like Asher's now going to be six. Like he's getting older and can be more involved in that, which is actually really fun. Um, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of like infant stage. Like that's just like not my it's jam. Not very fun. No. And oh. so like, it's cool to see them develop like physically. And like, I like watching like the developmental process, like, Oh, they're crawling and they're rolling and they're doing these things and watching that process. But like, it's just like, there's, there's not a lot there, but now as they're starting to get a little bit older, they're starting to develop personalities and can go out and be more involved. Like, honestly, I'm having more fun with them. Um, and it's just, it's fun to, to see them grow and, um, kind of turn into like more human. I, I agree. You know, I've always had my kids, you know, go with me when I own the gym, when I own my bike shop, they'd go with me. And I had boundaries of like when they could go and when they couldn't, but we have a lot of pictures of my, my son reading on the stack of wall balls, you know, there's a wall mm -hmm. ball rack and he's, he's laying on top of it. My youngest and I have, and they have really fond memories of those. But another thing that I do even go to the extreme is like when I've had a really hard day with work, I'll talk about it to the family or to my boys. I, I like car time when they're older car time. If, if you can get them off of their phone, which I can demand, I'm the dad, um, is, is undivided attention time. And so I use that opportunity to say, Hey, I want you to hear about this that happened to me, or I'm always have a, a work thing on cue that relates to what they're going through in school. Mm -hmm. Like that teacher doesn't like me. She's always picking on me. I'm like, okay, well, what have you done? And then, you know, here's an example when I had a boss and blah, blah, blah. And I talked through the failures, my failures a lot. Mm -hmm. I talked through my failures a lot because I'm like, Hey, what's a great way to learn is from other people's failures or your own. And so I think involving them in work is really, really important. Um, and I, you're right. There's a healthy blend there. So uh, on that point, there's, there's two things there to your car time one. Um, so my workout buddy, they, he decided to do golf lessons with his, with his son in a different city. So they drive about 35 minutes. And he said like the best part about it is not necessarily golf lessons. He's like, yeah, now I'm, I, I suck a little bit less at golf than I did before. Um, and his, his son is a really good golfer, but he's like, the time we spend in the cars is, is really what's valuable. He's like, I'm finding out way more about him because they have another son as well. And you know, when you're at home and it's the evening and it's just like hectic and you're trying to get dinner on the table and like, there's just a lot going on. You can't have those conversations. So like, I think, I mean, spot on with what you said is that car time is huge. Um, and the other one, I don't remember where I read this, but um, there's an entrepreneur that when every time his kids would come home from college, um, he wouldn't ask them like what went well this week. He would ask them how they failed this week. Yeah. And, um, and just kept doing that and kept doing that and kept doing that. And finally, his kids kind of realized that it wasn't necessarily that he wanted them to fail. Well, it was that he wanted them to fail, but he didn't want to hear about their failures, but he wanted to know that they were trying things that were above their ability that they weren't able to be successful with. Cause then at that point he knew there was going to be growth rather than always asking about, all right, what went well, you're probably just going to talk about the things that you do well and the things that you could, you already can do well. And that's not where growth comes from. The growth comes from the failures. And so trying to do things that you're not good at yet. Um, and so putting more emphasis on, Hey, where are you improving and where are you failing rather than where are you already exceeding, um, or already succeeding. So I thought that was a really interesting perspective as well to help 
kids just kind of think about the growth mindset and where am I, you know, going above my capacities and starting to fail rather than just staying in my comfort zone and doing the things that I'm good at. So I thought that was a really interesting. It um, is. It is. I, I have an, I have another challenge that I took on with my kids in middle school and high school was each day saying, I want to hear, I want to hear your win for the day. And you would be, Trevor, you'd be really surprised how hard that is. Mm -hmm. They are designed to focus on, oh, I missed this many things on my test. I didn't quite hit this mark. So we would do that. But then we also always talk about what didn't go so well. And then the failure is never the failure. That's the conversation mm -hmm. our family, my boys probably start rolling their eyes. You didn't fail unless you didn't, unless you didn't learn from that circumstance. Right. And so the, I, yes, they roll their eyes, but I think when they're at a certain age, they're going to be, they're going to have a completely different mindset. Like, okay, I didn't hit my mark. What can I do to improve on it? And if I don't try again, that's failure. Mm -hmm. Like that, That's, and so I think it's really important to like, wh what did you fail out with the right, with the right um, framing, which I'm sure that guy did with the right framing is really powerful. I really like that. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I mean, it's really, and for all of us, like we're just, we're figuring it out, right? Like there's no, there's no playbook to parenting. There's no, like every kid is different. You can have two kids that are raised in the exact same family with the exact same values and the exact same environment and they turn out completely different. And yep. so, you know, I think there's a lot of just like, luck and luck to it as well. Um, and you know, all we can do is keep trying things. And I think the more you can kind of pers the more you can kind of personalize it to the kid after you start to understand their personality types, um, I think can can have some benefit. And then, you know, we do the best we can and wish for the best, you know, Absolutely. at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. I I I was just telling my wife, I'm like, this summer, summer is a big one. Like we got to get these kids dialed in on doing, well, my oldest is going to be working. <laughs> it's working for me, but you know, they got to be doing something that challenges them. Yeah. So, um, love this conversation, man. Love, man. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, and it's really cool hearing from someone like you, that's a business owner and you have the younger kids knowing, yeah, this is, this is a, you're thinking about the right things, which is really encouraging. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this one up? No, I mean, I, I think that's good. Um, and like all of us, I think it's just about the improvement, right? We talk yep. about it in other aspects of our life. Like how do we improve and kind of listen to others? What are they doing well? Try things, what works, what doesn't work. And uh, unfortunately, parenting, we all kind of figure it out as we go. And so, um, so I think what you guys are doing with, you know, the, the brotherhood thing and helping bring dads together. And um, because I think sometimes you can be out on an island and you don't know you know, you don't really have anyone to turn to. I'm fortunate in my kind of small community. I have a couple, couple guys. I have my workout buddy that we work out almost every day together and a couple other close friends. And so um, that's a huge piece to be able to bounce ideas off of and really get around other people that uh, are kind of on the same journey and you can you help each other just ultimately become better, better human beings, better fathers all around. So that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I do encourage people find somebody in your area. Like you should have different circles. You should have mm -hmm. these circles of men that you, you interact with a lot. You just should have some other ones that you get together with that really stretch you like mastermind type things. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to be involved in an online community as long as it's leading oh, yeah. to something else. Like I really like that. Um, and quite frankly, with men, I found this really interesting balance of having like a distant communication 
uh, relationship with them, but then coming together, yeah. things get deeper way faster than getting, than being together with someone that you're with. It takes a lot longer in person to break through. It's a really interesting dynamic I've been studying. And so I've made some incredible relationships starting online and then coming together and meeting and those have grown faster than any other relationship I've ever had. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, live, live stuff is never going anywhere. That's why, like people always talk about the gym, right? We went to this whole pandemic thing and like, oh, everything's moving online. People are going to work out at home. I'm just like, and the gym is just like, the gym is a community. A gym is a place to see people. Like it's never going to go anywhere because right. as humans, we crave relationships. We crave human interaction, in-person human interaction. And no matter what we do technology wise, I don't think that's ever going to go anywhere. Like no. to be able to touch someone, hug someone, high five someone. Like that's just like, that's, that's like in our DNA as yeah. humans. So yeah. you know, it's awesome. Right on. Thanks so much for joining brother. Really appreciate cool. it. It was my pleasure. Hey guys, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, you know the drill. Do the do the thing on the on this podcast. Rate it, subscribe, uh, give us a review. Hey, even if you didn't enjoy it, let us know. And uh, check out the big event. It's brotherhoodfatherhood.com. And if you're not in the Facebook group, that's just somewhere you should go because a lot of information goes there. Even if you're not a Facebook type person, go there. We got some exciting things that are going to pull you away from Facebook and into a tighter community. So be watching for that. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.